Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Coming up on Squats and Margaritas. Now I can put language to this stuff, Aaron. Yes. I didn't know it at the time, right? And that's why I'm so intentional about sharing my story in a way that frames hope from, you know, and finding the, the purpose in our pain, like we I were do. talking before we went on air, right? I do know. <laughs> um, so the wavy road has oftentimes been me seeking love from a man. So, yeah. yes, I was rocking and rolling, right? And I was getting accolades from, you know, the counselors at my high school and in parts of my family. They're like, oh, you know, because I dropped out of, out of junior high school when I became pregnant. So I was able to get back into to school and, you know, go to high school and all that. But it's always been I want that love from a man. And even yeah. if that love meant at the sacrifice of who I was as a woman, so yep. be it. Welcome to Squats and Margaritas. I'm Erin Washington, a mom of two trying to balance all the things. I'm a mompreneur, a former college athlete, and a woman that struggled for 20 years with body image, multiple eating disorders, and having no self-worth. I talk to strong, vulnerable, and authentic women and share conversations for other women to feel seen and less alone. If you are looking for tips on how to level up, balance all the things, or just listen and learn from strong, powerful women, you found the right place. This is Squats and Margaritas. Hey, senorita, really nice to meet ya. Have some tequila and stay. This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's award-winning domestic violence advocate, motivational speaker on resilience and encouragement, Jamie Wright. We met in D.C. and she has a story of overcoming and reinventing herself and finding purpose in her pain. In fact, that's the name of her book and mine. Speaking of my book, it's available now on Amazon, From Pain to Purpose, Finding Meaning in the Mess. Please go get a copy and leave me a review. And while you're in a reviewing kind of mood, uh, pop on over to Apple Podcasts and please consider leaving me a review there as well for Squats and Margaritas podcast. Here is my episode with Jamie Wright. We met in D.C., it was very random. I picked you and called you off of a list of people we wanted to come speak. You were in Houston and you still came and spoke. <laughs> and I know that we were supposed to meet. You have an incredible story of resilience. And I wanted you to come today and share that and what you've done with it. Um, we're going to start with the mess, but then we're going to get into how you made it your message. And I wanted to start, I know you had your first daughter at 14 and ultimately had to drop out of school, which seems like we could start there. But even before that, there was sexual abuse. It wasn't a surprise to me now that I'm unpacking my life, that I was very accepting of, of domestic violence and very, at times in my life, very promiscuous, which led to me coming home at 13 years old and pregnant and having my first child when I was 14. And by the time I was 19, I had been pregnant four more times. Uh, it's not a surprise to me now, Aaron, because I was conditioned that way. My sister, my one and only sibling, my sister and I had a very unhealthy, very um, 
sad childhood. It was plagued with uh, sexual mishandling, sexual abuse, physical abuse of her, myself, and my mom. And so as I'm on this healing journey intentionally, I'm like, oh, I was very much conditioned in a lot of respects in my childhood to be very accepting of things that I now know that I, I don't have to, to take as a woman. That's what you saw. You're like, this is love. This is how love works. And people talk to you this way and treat you this way. And yeah, you were conditioned at a young age. And is it almost like, I, I feel like I've been in a lot of therapy. You attract that, like, because that's what you saw. It's like, you'll end up having that in a spouse or in a partner. We do do that. We do attract that on a spiritual level and a physical level. I think there's something in the essence of who we are as women. I'll just use my I statement as my therapist has taught me mm-hmm. the essence of a woman. I was broken. So therefore I was attracting broken men. Yes. It's like manifesting. You attract what you put out. And when you put out like a high vibe energy, you attract that back, but it works in the opposite as well. So I know you You mentioned you um, had your first daughter at 14. You emancipated at 16? Yes. I, I went to Sonalise in an apart, at an apartment when I was, I, I was 15 and a half, finally got a job at Sonic. And the apartment leaseholder at the projects where I'm from, she was like, you can't sign this legally because you're not 18. So the only other option you have is to emancipate yourself. So I'm like, I'm 15 and a half, 16 years old, Erin. I'm like, what's emancipating? And yeah. she took me by my hand and she helped me. Yes. And I was emancipated at 16 moved into my own apartment in the projects where I'm from in the Northeast Oklahoma area. And yeah, my daughter and I, we just started living our little old lives. At 15, yes, Jamie. At, yes, at 15, almost 16. Yes, I got a job at Sonic and oh, you can tell me anything, right? Because before then, when I got pregnant and had my daughter at 14, I, I legally wasn't able to work. So I was living off of $238 a month in TANF, which is welfare, mm-hmm. and about $400 a month in food stamps. So when I got my, when I got my first job at Sonic and I get those tips from being a car hop, uh-huh. Man, Aaron, I was able to buy me a car and I was able to ba- pay my portion of the rent, which was like $18 at the time. And um, yeah, and daycare for my daughter was, you know, on behalf of the taxpayers. It wasn't free because now I know that it was taxpayers paying her her way through daycare. But yes, all at 16. So it seems like you're thri- like thriving as you could be. I mean, you're taking care of yourself and your daughter. What happened? So I know you got pregnant again at 19. You mentioned promiscuity and like kind of did something happen between the time when you had your daughter and you emancipated yourself that kind of turned things towards when you were 19? Because it seems like you were getting it at 15. <laughs> what happened? It would happen. Wow. What happened? It's, 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 and now I can, now I can put language to this stuff, Aaron. Yes. I didn't know it at the time. Right. And that's why I'm so intentional about sharing my story in a way that frames hope from, you know, and finding the, the purpose in our pain, like we were talking before we went on air, right? I do know. (laughs) Um, So the wavy road has oftentimes been me seeking love from a man. So yes, I was rocking and rolling, right? And I was getting accolades from, you know, the counselors at my high school and in parts of my family. They're like, oh, you know, because I dropped out of out of junior high school when I became pregnant. So I was able to get back into school and, you know, go to high school and all that. But it's always been, I want that love from a man. And even if that love meant at the sacrifice of who I was as a woman, so be it, right? Yes, I get it. So 19, um, you have your daughter, your second daughter. And then 
I'm just, I know you lost your mom at 20. And around the same time, there was a suicide attempt. Was it as a result of that? Were you struggling with that? Or was it two separate things? It was a compound of things. And I've actually, I've tried to take my life twice. Jamie. So, yeah. So the first time it was just, I was overwhelmed, right? My my oldest daughter's biological father, um, he chose to live his life, right? And he chose to make some decisions that didn't include me and her. And so it was a compound of that, right? Because I knew for certain I gave this man my body. I gave him a child at, you know, 15 years old, uh, at 14 years old. And at 15, I moved in with him. And, and one day he came home and he was like, you all got to go. I can go to prison. So it was just a compound of like a compound of things. The first time I tried to take my life, the second time I tried to take my life, I was 19. I was actually pregnant with my last daughter. And then my mom falling sick. That was just like, it was like, I'm done. And what I understand now, it wasn't that I was trying to take my life. It was that I wanted the pain and the hurt to stop. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now back to squats and margaritas. So I'm sitting in the seventh floor of a mental award with my baby in my tummy, my other child with her grandparents and my family trying to navigate this thing called life right and they're in the in the in the the psychiatric ward had to monitor me a little differently than the other clients and patients because I was pregnant so they had to come in and give me an ultrasound and couldn't put me on Prozac right away because they didn't know the impacts. And this was in 2000, 2000 they didn't know the impacts of the of how they would treat my mental state would have an impact on my daughter. So yeah, yeah, like my, that, that happened. And then I tried to take my life was at the top as was at the mental institution for about two weeks Mm -hmm. until they got me stabilized. So I wouldn't be a a harm to myself, the baby or anyone else. That was in the wintertime of 2000. I buried my mom in July of 2000. Now, my daughter wasn't due to be born until September of 2000. So Mm -hmm. I'm early on pregnant. 
I ended up going into labor and giving birth to her when I was six months pregnant and she weighed a whopping three pounds when, wow. when I gave birth to her. So it was, and I still, that's why Aaron, I have to be mindful of where I put my energy and how yeah. I, how I show up in the world because those suicidal ideations, I still very much struggle with them at times. The only difference now is I have the tools. Yes. You know, the therapy, the, okay, Jamie, catching it. Catch it, check it, change it. (laughs) And change it, right? So now I have the tool. Thank you for making that practical. Absolutely. Now I have the tools because you can't rip the trauma. I can't rip rip the trauma away. That is so important to say, because anybody that's listening, it's like, well, she doesn't look at her like what she's this motivational speaker, HGTV, like when you share it and have another woman feel seen. And it's like everyone has the thoughts or the things that creep in, like it's not going to completely go away. It's about managing it. You catch it when it comes in, you check it, you don't sit with it for too long, and then you change the thought. So once you have the tools, like and you don't really want to say expect bad things like to come in, but they're going to happen and it happens to everybody. You just need the tools to catch it. And some people uh, shy away from therapy and talk about, I know that you're a big proponent of therapy. Like why anybody that's kind of like, eh, I don't know if it's for me. Like, can you just speak on the benefits of therapy that you've found? Absolutely. And platforms like this, Aaron, just having the hard conversation. If, if therapy is, it's like college, right? College is not for everyone. Therapy might not, even though in my humble opinion, I feel like everybody deserves to live abundant life. And if it comes to therapy, by God, go. Yeah. Everything is not for everyone. That's why it's crucial to have the hard conversations on platforms like this. And that's why I'm so honored to be here with you. Just like like I was going to say, college is not for everyone, but education is, right? Mm -hmm. Therapy might not be for everyone, but hope and healing and managing our feelings is, everybody deserves that. So I'm absolutely a component of therapy. And I'll tell you, one one of the many things that I've received through therapy, in addition to those pragmatic, practical tools that you just mentioned is, I didn't even recognize this is what I was coexisting with. I'm in one of my therapist therapy sessions and we were talking about the mishandling, the sexual mishandling I, I endured as a child. Well, this still brings me to my knees. I didn't even recognize that I was I was a lot of my shame came from being came from how my body responded as a little girl being sexually mishandled. My psychotherapist walked me through, Jamie, your body responded the way that it's biologically designed to respond. It does not mean that you deserved or you liked what was happening to you. It means that your body did exactly what it's supposed to do. Aaron, in a millisecond, the shame was gone. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah, I get it. Come on. Yes. And anybody that's living with shame and it's like, well, I can't. Yes. Just that uh, reframe. Like you're like, well, it can't be because th- no, like it's like, let somebody who is going, he's gone to school for this exact thing to be able to walk you through this, walk you through it. And you can release the shame and release its grip on you. And then I feel like once you do that and anybody that's just listening to this, that just follows you. I struggled with uh, bulimia, depression, anorexia, having no self-worth for 20 years. And I stopped doing the behaviors and was like, whew, I'm glad nobody found out about that. But I was still carrying it. And I can't think of anything more shameful. Like I had to tell people, I used to throw up my food. I would eat until I threw up and 
now I just say it because it's like the shame is not there anymore. You release the shame and it's almost like the rest of your life starts. I just got chills. Me too. (laughs) I know. And we're going to, we're just in the mess, but I want you to get to like what you've learned. Let's fast forward to 2018. You've kind of, you know, hinted at that you would uh, be attracted to men who didn't treat you well, because that's what you thought love was. That's how you were conditioned as a child. Talk about uh, 2018, you were dancing, you were getting your groove back and you met someone. I met someone and Aaron, Yes. Listen, 2018. Yes. It's like Jamie got a groove back. Right. I mm-hmm. finally my, my two my two daughters are adults. I'm doing my thing in Dallas, Texas. My thing meaning for me living the life that I wanted to live. I was healthy, mentally, physically had my own house and like place to live and all that. Right. 2018, I'm dancing, hobbying, you know, doing finally for the first time in my life. I'm learning who Jamie is. Meet yeah. this amazing man. We started dating very quick. We got engaged very quick. You could not tell me anything about this guy. Retired army. He's a firefighter. He's a ordained minister. And last but not least, he was tall, dark, and handsome. And this guy was fine, right? <laughs> right. So finally, Aaron, I thought <laughs> okay. he was fine. Oh, goodness. Okay. Focus, Jamie. <laughs> So you couldn't tell me anything, right? So this was going to be the icing on the cake. This meaning this man that's got all these accolades and he loves me in a way that I've never been loved. And that what that looked like for me was opening up the car door, just very, he affirmed me in so many ways so quick. Fast forward, three months into the relationship, that's when the physical abuse started. He took me by my neck and he shook me and it was so, it happened so quick and it was so different than what I was understanding him to be that I was really in shock for a little bit. I was like, did this really just happen? Can I ask about that first one? Did he like apologize? Like, did he be like, Oh my God, like, I don't know what that was. Like, how did he handle it once the first time that it happened? What was his reaction? Beautiful question. He, that's exactly what he, I don't know what happened. I don't know what went over me. I'm just under a lot of stress because he was, you know, working a lot and all that, he absolutely explained it away. And okay. I absolutely accepted what he said, right? right. So it was like, yeah, it's like, no, that's not who he was, he, who he is. So that had to be a moment that yeah. had to be, and everybody has a moment, right? Right. Cool. He apologized. He, and he started doing what he continued to do again, affirming in his actions, not so much sometimes in his words, like he would, why are you wearing this? And well, if you want to be a preacher's wife, you should, you know, be like this. And and so I started to morph into who he, he started wanted. telling me that I, come on, that I yes. needed to be, right? Mm. So that happened, the shaking of the of my neck and all of that. And um, not too long even after that, like maybe a, like two weeks or three weeks after that. Now, when he shook me by the neck, I was in Houston, Texas at his house. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a couple of weeks, a few weeks later, we're in Dallas, Texas at my house. Mm-hmm. I'm dancing, doing my swing out dance. And when we got to my house, he took my he took my hands and by the wrist and he started shaking me and explain yelling at me that 
I shouldn't have left him at the table so long by himself. Now we started mm-hmm. having the conversation in the car, but it wasn't physical. It was a lot of yelling, a lot of going back and forth. But when we got into my house, that's when he took me by my wrist and he shook me in his face, Aaron, his face just turned dark. That was mm-hmm. the first time I seen him kind of like flip into this, this Mr. Is it that Mr. Jekyll? Flip, Dr. Jekyll, right? Mr. Hyde. But like you said, it can start like verbal and emotional and then like telling you what to wear and you should do this. And then it can get physical. It didn't seem like the reaction matched what happened. You left him at the table. So he shook you like that. Like it doesn't even, it's like irrational too. Like that's what he was mad about. So he, he grabbed you. Okay. And then what else? And then at that point, I'm like, no, this is not, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. Right. But always he was very consistent in his behavior in terms of when he wasn't in that mode, that power and control mode, very nice and all of that. And then it just kept on. And then finally, I re- and when I say, let me make sure I'm clear, the physical abuse kept happening. The verbal abuse got worse. Mm-hmm. Right. He started neither one of us really cussed. He started to cuss and call me B-I-T-C-H's. And I, I I have the voicemail still now. I kept them for a while to remind me, I thought, not to go back. Right. Yeah. But I still went back. Why do you um, think you went back? Oh, because that was love. Right. I mean, for me, yeah. the, the abuse. He loves me so much. Because <laughs> he he's so really much. passionate about it. Yes. That makes so much sense. You were conditioned to believe he's so passionate and this is, this is a relationship. That's what you saw. Absolutely. So, mm. so as long as he doesn't leave bruises or as long as he hits me in the, in the, in the, uh, my, my lip heels before we have to go somewhere, then it's okay. Right. As long as the, as long as you're not calling me a B-I-T-C-H, but you're still controlling where I go and what I wear and how yeah. I feel about myself. It's all right. Right. And in those moments, Aaron, then that's why I go so hard. That's why it's like, no, I'm you're in DC. I'm coming. So I'm coming to speak <laughs> life because it's about the awareness. Right. Yes. At the time, I just didn't have the awareness. I didn't even recognize I was in a classic domestic violence um, relationship and soon to be married. Cause despite it all, I still ended up almost two years later, exchanging vows with this man. Mm-hmm. The day that we got married, the next day, we're on our honeymoon and he pounds the car. Uh, he pounds his, thank you. He pounds his fist on the dashboard, threatening me. And the only reason I feel like he didn't hit me is because I was driving down the highway in Dallas. Oh my gosh. Can I so ask you during this time, what, were your daughters like seeing things or questioning anything? I mean, I know they were grown, no. but like, were they like, mom, this is not nothing. Okay. Because when we were around my family and my friends, it was a it was a perfect relationship, right? That's, Everybody, yeah. all of my my core friends were like, I had a girlfriend flying in from Maryland. She lives in the Bowie, Maryland area. Flew in to support me at my at my wedding because everybody was like, yes, if it can happen for Jamie, it can happen for me. So nobody knew until I reached out to my church at the time mm-hmm. and got you know sought spiritual. Um, <laughs> council and then I decided to open up to a my new group of friends of mine my new group but nobody else knew absolutely not I, we okay. were the ideal couple mm-hmm. 
get it. And then yeah. we have the laptop incident. How soon after you were married did that go down? More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Guys, we're moms. We're not out on the town every night anymore. We're chasing our toddlers through our kitchen. But there are those times where you want just that little extra something. Maybe it's a girl's night, a wedding, a date night, a work event. If you're looking for that little extra confidence boost, you need Rejuvalift. Rejuvalift delivers dramatic results to minimize the look of lines, wrinkles, crow's feet, those 11 lines that I have between my eyebrows. I use it on the bags under my eyes. Guys, it works in four minutes and delivers results up to seven hours. I've tried it. I'm obsessed. And now Squats and Margaritas listeners can get 20% off at rejuvaliftbeauty.com using code margaritas. That's R-E-J-U-V-A liftbeauty.com and use promo code margaritas. You need this in your life. Shipping is free. You get 20% off. Go to rejuvaliftbeauty.com. Now back to Squats and Margaritas. We exchanged vows. I moved to, to Houston from Dallas, not knowing a single person right other than my his pastor which became and your my hairdresser <laughs> and my hairdresser i remember that from your story <laughs> yeah and my hairdresser <laughs> that was it so february i moved and by april that's when i honestly thought that he was going to take my life and it ultimately ended up with him hitting me in the face with a with my laptop and I ran out the house and called the police. So that was April 23rd, 2020. I'll never forget it. So a few months after after okay. I moved, but it just the the abuse, the physical abuse just got more egregious. It didn't it didn't never stop, Aaron. It just it just started very early on in our relationship. So April 2020. April 23rd, 2020, when I ran out the house, knew that like this man is going to kill me. He said it earlier that day. I decided to go to the shelter at the Houston Area Women's Center. And I'm telling you, Aaron, 
my life has not been the same. I thought I was just going for one, two, no, not one, two, like the weekend, right? Packed a couple of clothes, left, and yeah, the therapist goes back to therapy. The therapist, my social worker, my man, my, my case manager, sorry, my case manager recommended that I go to in the in the shelter. She changed my life. My like 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 my creator changed my life through that woman's God gifted skills and ability to help me navigate what the world. I was going through. And you know, like, especially us as women, you know, if we find the latest sale or the latest weight loss, we're going to go tell the world about it, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's all. I'm on the journey to tell the world about, hey, if you're, this is, this is not healthy. And if you decide to leave, you have resources available to yes. you. You don't have to stay stuck in an environment that is not healthy for you mentally, physically, or emotionally. Because had I had that, mm-hmm. man, had I had that, Aaron, had my mother had it, had my stepfather had it, yeah. I would I, I I would venture to say I would not be a survivor of domestic violence, especially as a child, because at least my the people that was responsible for rearing me up would have had the tools and yes. then I would have had the tools. And then my girls would have had to, like, no, my daughters are intentionally they will. disruptive <laughs> madness, you know, yeah. You're breaking the chain. And uh, talking about that, um, a social worker, like you, like you said, you just packed a couple clothes, like you were going back and kind of telling her that you were going back. And she was like, well, the next time or something. And you're like, you think I'm going to come back here? And she's like, and that's when you realize like, oh my gosh, um, talk about, that's where you learned a safety plan. And if anybody is in a situation like this, like talk about what that is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the therapist, she's the one that that unpacked it and that unpacking absolutely was about it. She's like, OK, because the therapist that I went to, Erin, she is very intentional about not taking the autonomy away from any survivor, mm-hmm. meaning that it's your choice. You you are the expert in your life. And what that looked like for me with her and many women is she said, here, we're going to create a safety plan so that. When, not if, when things start getting volatile again, you can remove yourself out of the house safely. Now, at the time, I didn't know what a safety plan was. And anybody that's listening, a safety plan is nothing other than creating a plan that works for you with someone that you trust that if you're in an abusive relationship or situation, it can even be mental, emotional, always have to be physical, that you can remove yourself out of there and you have your, a copy of your birth certificate, you have, you know, a copy of your driver's license, everything that you need to be able, if you choose to, to set up life in a different place. So yeah, safety plan. She's like, Create, we're going to create you a safety plan and you need to know his triggers because when he gets triggered again, you are at risk of, of, of your life being taken. That's just the bottom line. I was like, triggers? What, what is triggers? And then she started unpacking a little bit of boundaries, right? So I'm like, triggers? Well, I don't know this man's triggers. I'm just myself. And sometimes he just gets angry. Yeah. And that's when it, that's when it dawned on me, Aaron, like, wait a minute, hold on. So if I leave, there's a possibility that I can come back here. Now, mind you, this is right when COVID hit. So there's people mm-hmm. walking around, whole, other women and children with masks on that are homeless, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh my gosh, 
no, I can't. No. And she said, if you stay here, I promise to help you unpack why you're so accepting of, of violence, why you're so accepting of these, of these relationships that you are not, that you don't have to be. And that's when the, my, my healing journey started is with my therapist. And she did exactly that. And a lot of my unpacking goes back to my childhood. And you said, um, you did it basically for your daughters. You said staying at that center with like people that had COVID, you'd rather have to have them bury you because you caught COVID than be going back and buried you because of a domestic violence situation. Like it ultimately came down to that. Like, that's what you're thinking. And it just makes me think like, absolutely. How would anyone have to live? Like, even if you go, oh, well, his triggers are this. So I just make sure I don't do this. If you are living that way to not trigger someone, like, look at that. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. And I, I think a lot of people, it's like, well, kids, I have the kids here, but it's like, what are you modeling for your kids? It's the same thing. They're going to see that. And then they're going to seek that out. And until you break that chain and you talk about this too, like raising healed men is how we can eradicate d domestic violence. Can you talk about that for a mom of a son? Absolutely. And from a mom, like I don't have some. So thank you for lifting that conversation. Yeah. I do have ne nephews and things that I do love men and I specifically love black men. And I know with any man, Aaron, that some of the times they are hurting us because they're hurt. And what I am looking to shine the light on is that myself as a hurt woman, I got and I still have resources readily available to me to help me unpack the trauma, unpack the hurt in the vein of being solution driven in eradicating domestic violence we have got to start providing resources to people that cause harm which statistics show 90 percent of the time are males we've got to start providing safe spaces for these men to go to and start to unpack why they have have a need for power and control, help them unpack why they're being abusive to the woman or the women that they say that they love. Because I say women, because if you're in a household with, uh, with your wife or girlfriend or spouse and you have a little girl, you're modeling for her what to accept. Yes. So in order to eradicate that, we've got to start allowing these men to heal themselves. How do we make it more accepted, I guess, even if there were places right now, I feel like there's still like a stigma and I mean, still kind of around therapy in general, but I think a lot of women talk about it more than men. It's like men just keep things bottled up. Like, how do we make it more common and accepted for men to seek like professional help from like a mental health provider? More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this, now back to squats and margaritas. Listen, if we can just have the honest conversations, right? Mm -hmm. That in itself, you know, as well as I do, when we were talking about the shame part, just just having the conversation will move mountains. Yes. And then if we give people space to live in their God-gifted talents and their purpose without shame, then one man can say, you know what? I used, I abused my wife. And I don't want to feel like that. And the other man say, you know what? In safe spaces, meaning that they know that they're they're not going to be condemned, shamed, and it's not going to be talked about what they're talking about. Me too, man. Mm -hmm. uh, me three, man. Because you think about it. If one in four women statistics show and one in seven men statistics show are receiving the harm, that means that there's one in four men causing it.
right? Just yes. numbers. <laughs> the numbers. <laughs> the numbers. Yeah. Yes. Ask for the friendly ghost ain't coming out the wall, <laughs> hidden folks. You know, and so if we just if we remove the 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 words like perpetrator, mm. if we remove the words, replace it with persons that cause harm. Mm. Not abusive partners, because right then it's a negative. It's a negative. That's like when I came home. Yeah. Come on, yeah. came home pregnant at fourteen years old. Could you just call me a a a, a hurting young lady and not a whore? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the whore is the shame, right? So if we're talking about eradicating um, domestic violence and providing the the safe space for me, and let's start with the language first, because any person that is willing to change their ways. Mm-hmm. I feel like should be given a second chance, the restorative, transformative justice. Let's look look through that lens sometimes, not all the time, because then I'm not explaining, I'm not justifying right. anybody causing harm. I'm talking about to solve it. Restorative and transformative justice, Aaron. If we start to look through that lens and not only through the criminal justice lens, then that in our humanity will allow us to just continue having the conversations and continue to create safe spaces for men and women so people can come together as a family unit and heal and do it like what's best for them, whatever the it is that does not cause harm to each other. Amen. Beautiful. Yes. Um, I want to end it with your books, but like to get to your books, like talk about walking our truth and it's like having these authentic conversations and just sharing our truth and making purpose from your pain and finding meaning in your mess. Like talk about how you live now and like what that's done as far as like healing. Aaron is blowing my mind. I know it's blowing my mind. I get, (laughs) I get to meet, (laughs) I get to meet beautiful women in the work like yourself and the rest of the women at her story. Mm-hmm. I get the honor of sitting on the board of directors for that shelter that I mentioned. The yes. Houston Can Women's I just Center. say this woman who utilized the Houston women's shelter as a survivor is now on the board. Like talk about like full circle moment that you sit on the board from a, for a organization that you sought help from. Like that's where you can do. That's where you can, it makes nothing in vain. Anything that you suffered with, make that your purpose and take the power back from that. And that's exactly what you've done. Exactly. And listen, Erin, if this small town girl from Northeast Oklahoma (laughs) by way of Dallas can do it, anybody can. We just got to have to make the decision that we want our lives to look a different way and start taking those steps. Right. So I sit on the board of directors and I have the honor of speaking my lived experience in advocating for other survivors until they get their voice. Mm-hmm. I've had the honor of being on BBC News and all these other huge platforms. And I'm honored because all I am, Aaron, is the willing vessel to say, listen, yeah. y'all, I can't do this by myself. Get healed so you can come over here to this side and show other people that it can be it can happen. I've been on HGTV TV show House Hunters because that in that decision vein, I said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm gonna buy me a house. I'm gonna get stability back, and I'm not gonna wait for anybody to do it for me." So I picked myself up, Aaron. When I when I transitioned out of the homeless shelter, out, out of the Houston Area Women's Center, the homeless shelter, coming out of that, my credit score went from an eight twenty to about four hundred. Mm. I've never in my life had a credit score that low in my life. You're talking about humble. Mm -hmm. I said, this cannot be the way that I live life. Yeah. 
And so I went to work, right? Building my credit score, was able to buy a house in uh, Houston and HGTV's House Hunter TV show um, covered my story, right? To just provide hope, hope. And that, like you said, taking that power, taking my power back. So it's one day and sometimes it's one moment at a time. That's it. We can be victimized, but we can choose not to be the victim. It's like, it's on us. Um, I got that from you. Uh, (laughs) Talk about your two books, because I'm sure everybody that's listening to this is like, give me more from this woman. Yes. So the two books that I started off writing, thinking that I was going to go into my little shell and just write them, they're still in the process of being birthed. So please stay tuned. The first one is Overcoming the uh, Shame. Um, I'm discombobulated because I'm still in awe that our books are like... It's unbelievable. Mine is um, From Pain to Purpose, Finding Meaning in the Mess. (laughs) Yvonne is Finding Purpose Through Pain. Is 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 one of my books and the power of overcoming shame and learning to love yourself again. So that's just those ordained alignments. That could have been the name. It's because it's exactly about that. Like we have the same. We are using what we've been through to just authentically share and just help others out of it and finding purpose through that. And I always say, like, if there's a woman that's you know just feeling like a little restless, and it's like you're a mom and you're just supposed to be a mom, and that's what I said I would be, but you feel like maybe there's more. It's like, look at what you've been through. Start sharing that in a blog or however, like teach somebody something. You find purpose when you have a community of people to support and everybody's been through something. And it's like, if you're looking for something else, that's what it is. Like you look at something that you've been through that you're still carrying um, something that may not be happening anymore, but you haven't really said out loud. Um, I'll give you a hint. It's what you're thinking of right now. Say it, release the shame release its grip. And like I've said before, the next part of your life begins when you just let go of it and let it out. And the only reason you haven't yet is because of shame. That's it. (laughs) Brene Brown, y'all, Brene Brown is a practical tool to use to unpack the shame because I know if you're like me and if your listeners like me, like unpack the shame, well, if it's that easy, I would have done it already. Start with Brene Brown. Okay. Start with leaning into your to Aaron's podcast, you all, and those in the in it, like you said, Aaron, and then it'll just organically kind of manifest into this beautiful thing. Like I am every woman for real. <laughs> I'm gonna play that in the back. Um, okay, where can people find you and anything else that you want to share that's coming up? You all can find me on all social media platforms: Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter at Jamie, and it's J A M I E. Middle initial R and then write W R I G H T. Please follow me. I always try to make sure that I'm shining light with practical tools into the world on my social media. Find me on my website, jamierwright.com. Please stay tuned to the books, you all. As Aaron and I was talking earlier, life it lives sometimes, right? But I am committed to getting those books written to to make sure that hey, people have something to to have practical tools to walk them think walk themselves through this thing called life. So yeah, look me up on Instagram, Aaron. I am honored to have you in my <laughs> ecosystem now, sis. We're gonna change the world together so that our girls can in our in our and I'm a, I'm about to be a grandma. Y'all, my daughter's gonna kill me. <laughs> so I say, I say to say I might have a, a a little man child in the world that I have to protect. You know, oh. we don't know what what the baby is yet, so that the next generations coming up behind us, Aaron, they don't have to. They'll go through some things, but it won't be through the through the same things that we went through. Exactly, we will make sure of that. 
I am so blessed to know you. Keep shining your light and I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas.